The Bible Study Podcast, episode 621. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts the study of the book of Nehemiah. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I forgot to tell you that last week was the end of the book of Ezra, but we're going to jump right into the book of Nehemiah. I think of these as a pair because they're both in the same time period. There's an overlap between these two men. And the book of Nehemiah is focusing more on the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem, while Ezra focused more on the rebuilding of the temple. And both Ezra and Nehemiah are people who were serving in Persia and were called back to Jerusalem to do this work. Nehemiah 1, Nehemiah's prayer. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the, its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling place for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. And so we finally learn who Nehemiah is in the end of this prayer, or in the end of this section here that includes this long prayer. And Nehemiah is a cup bearer to the king. Now, the cup bearer is the person who will bring the king his cup. And obviously, a very entrusted position because this is the person who keeps the king from being poisoned. And so, it's someone very close to the king. If the if we had an equivalent with the American president, it would be the body man. It would be the person who is always getting things a very personal position. You're with the king at the, uh, all the different meals, not a position where you are helping rule the country, but you have a close relationship with the king, at least physically. And so Nehemiah has this awareness of what's going on in Jerusalem because he talks to someone who has come from there. 
One of the things that has been pointed out to me in other studies that I have done of Nehemiah or read uh, that have been done about Nehemiah is this pattern here that before Nehemiah can do anything, and the rest of the book is going to be action, the actions that Nehemiah takes, he first becomes aware of a problem. He becomes aware in this case of problem of what's going on in Jerusalem. And the city is in ruins. The The wall has been broken down. The gates have been burned. And so the city is not protected as it would be if it had walls and gates. And so he is concerned for the people of Israel. And he does two things. The first of which we see here in this chapter is the first thing he does is he prays. The second thing that he's going to do is take action. And that's part of his prayer. His prayer here ends with, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man, this man being the king. So he's going to go to the king in the next chapter, chapter two, and ask him something. Because Nehemiah becomes aware of what's going on, he takes it to the Lord, and then he plans on acting on it. And there are many things that we are aware of that we take no action on. Some of them may be, like Nehemiah, we are being called to take action. And it's something that we need to be aware of when we are struck by something that we hear, that this is wrong and this needs to change or someone needs to do something. We may need to realize that we are someone And Nehemiah's journey starts that way. Nehemiah realizes that someone needs to do something and that he is someone. And so he prays this prayer. And first of all, he starts with, I understand why we are here. I understand that we sinned and we got sent into exile and that you told us way back through Moses that if you were unfaithful, I will scatter you. I understand that it says that in the books of Moses. I understand that why this happened. And I understand it wasn't just them. It wasn't just those people and their sin. It was our sin. It was the sins of me. It was the sins of my father. It was the sins of my family. It was the sins of my people. So he's not trying to blame someone else. And blame is a real typical response to sin, uh, started by Adam. Adam, who blames, we, we think he blames Eve, but he says is, the woman who you gave me, gave me that fruit tea. So he even blames God for his sin. And so Nehemiah doesn't start that way. Nehemiah says, we're sinners, we've acted wrongly, but I also remember something else from what Moses told us. I remember the promise. I remember the promise that says, but if you return to me, but if you obey my commands, then even if you're exiled at the farthest horizon, and remember Ezra walks like three months, four months to get from where he was in Babylon back to the promised land. Nehemiah is not in Babylon. He would be in the capital city, probably Susa. But it's still going to be something like that kind of journey. So it may feel like he's at the farthest horizon. But he remembers that promise that even if you are at the farthest horizon, if you obey my commands, I will gather you and bring you to the place that I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. And that is Jerusalem. And so he prays this prayer to God 
remember what you told us. We're trying to remember what you told us, but remember that promise there along with that penalty that we have paid, that you will forgive, that you will gather. And then he prays, be with me because I'm about to go into the king and ask a favor because I think I need to do something else besides just pray. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hello, hello, Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word, one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search Your Daily Bible Verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.